Hey, and welcome to Top Shelf Tech. Today we're speaking with Mark Carver from Two Black Labs. How are you doing, Mark? I'm fine, thanks, Ryan. Cool. Hey, uh, thanks for coming on today. Um, we're going to talk a bit about privacy by design. Um, mm -hmm. So Two Black Labs, can you tell me a bit about the story of Two Black Labs, how it came about, um, why you kind of started it up? Yeah, certainly. Um, well, we've been around just about three years. I think our anniversary is on uh, November the 1st. Um, what we found... Um, was a lot of privacy uh, is still very much around the, the legal um, and not around, should we say, the delivery and, and the how, as like we, we like to term it. So, you know, we, we specialize uh, in the delivery aspects of privacy from design and implementation to operations and risk management. So, you know, how, how do you go about uh, embedding privacy into your everyday working practices? How do you build it sort of good privacy practice into um, your products and services? How do you then put in the governance layer across it? Those sort of things. So it's sort of, you know, like I said, we've been around for three years. Um, the new Privacy Act has uh, sort of focused a lot of organizations now to look at their, their current uh, maturity and their current practices and, and how do they bring it up to a level that will actually meet the requirements of the new act. Um, so, 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 you know, it's been, been going well. We've got five people now. It's, a, it's quite still a very niche area, um, but we get involved in the moment like we've, we're working with a lot of clients around um, the requirements for the Privacy Act, maturity in general, big transformation programs, and you know, um, most topical it is uh, transitions to cloud-based services and what that means from a, a privacy point of view. Can you give me a bit of an overview around the changes that's happening in December? Um, yeah. You know, do you think business are very aware of it? Or? Um, there's a growing awareness, I think, um, that the, the Act had, had, so the the new Act has been sort of in development, so to speak, for about eight years. So it started off around about 2012, had a few false starts. Um, it ended up going, you know, going into Parliament and it, it has to go through sort of three cycles with any as with any legislation. Uh, it sat there for two years. Um, so it sort of has been working its way through slowly. Um, and, and just before sort of June, July time, then it was it was really pushed through uh, before the sort of shutdown for the election and things. So, and I think that's really made people um, more aware of it before they go, well, it's coming, but we don't need to do anything about it yet. Um, in the time we've got today, I suppose we can't go through every uh, every part of the changes. Um, in the main, you know, there's there's only a few really key things that are um, are, are changing um, in the context of. Um, should we say hosting and, and the, the, the instillery customers? What, one of the new provisions that's been brought in is around um, uh, overseas disclosure. And what we mean by that is when an organization is transferring personal information offshore to another party or an individual. Um, and, and that new principle is aimed at improving the sort of the privacy and the protection of personal information when you're doing so. So the first point to note on that one is um, if you're using um, what's known as an agent, and an agent is somebody who is either hosting or processing personal information solely on your behalf and has no right to use or disclose, then they're, they're deemed to be an agent. And what that basically means is uh, very much in, G in the GDPR speak, where you've got a controller and processor, the organisation that's that's um, passing the information over is still responsible for it. 
um, and therefore a lot of the other sort of conditions and requirements um, don't need to come into play. So if you're not an agent, then the, there's a number of sort of requirements that you can meet to make you sort of meet the requirements of being an authorised disclosure, so to speak. For example, if the overseas organisation is subject to the New Zealand Privacy Act, which many should be, because if you're carrying on business in New Zealand, then you're subject to the Act. Um, it may also be that your um, the country um, that the organisation is based in has similar privacy laws or protections in place, uh, and there is a, a white list of those going to be published um, sometime in the not too distant future. Unfortunately, I can't give you an exact date. Um, or, there, or the organisation is a member of what's known as a binding scheme. Up till recently, I would have said that's things like Privacy Shield. Uh, but unfortunately, um, a, a judgment in the EU has invalidated Privacy Shield as a, as a valid mechanism. So we're sort of waiting to see uh, what other schemes could be. Uh, lastly, if you don't meet any of those sort of requirements, then you've got to seek consent from the individual to be able to transfer their information overseas, which I wouldn't really recommend. <laughs> so you sort of, you know, the, the best thing to do is make sure you've got clauses in your contract and you're dealing with agents. People like um, Azure, AWS, and all those sort of people, that they are contracted as agents. So, you know, those are obvious. What you've got to watch for is people um, in the SaaS space, and in particular, free type software. Um, because invariably, you know, as we say, nothing's ever free. You tend to be the product of the service, and their terms and conditions typically state that they can use your information for other purposes, such as marketing, analytics, or, or sell it on. So those are the ones you've really got to watch, and that's what it's really targeted at trying to, to stop happening in a lot of ways. So, so for, for end users, for, for, for customers of this, mm -hmm. do they need to know what personal information is into who? Uh, yes, unfortunately. Um, you know, the, the basics are is, is understanding, first of all, who your third parties are. And a lot of organizations, because of things like shadow IT, et cetera, you know, that sort of third party sort of creep has appeared. It's on your mobile phones, et cetera. But then you do need to know the basics of what personal information do you have and where's it going? Because ideally you want to build into the contracts what it is you've asked the third party to do for you not down to field level at the end of the day that sort of is too too onerous at the end of the day and and you can't manage that but you want to put clauses in in contracts and again uh privacy commission is going to be um issuing some model clauses that organizations can use and put into contracts to help them and then what you can then make sure is that you've put the terms of how you want your third party to to host or process your information on you so um, also, it comes into play when you've got to talk about things like privacy breaches, um, which is the other sort of major change that a lot of people have been focusing on, um, where under the new act, um, there's now an obligation for organizations to notify um, both the individuals affected and privacy commissioner if there has been a, a breach and that breach has or is likely to cause serious harm and, and serious harm is quite contextual in a lot of ways you know it can be for example you know um, financial fraud or identity theft or it's caused physical or mental harm to the individual you know so there's a 
<clears throat> there's good examples, but at the end of the day, organizations need to understand what information they're holding and what is the implication to individuals of if that information is sort of breached and, and, and you know, um, disclosed to others that it's not authorized to from that do point you, of view. Do you think it's um, that's a bit of an issue in New Zealand? Do you think people were too worried about the financial consequences without understanding the kind of broader things you mentioned? Um, so, you know, failure to notify a breach can, can lead to uh, a fine of up to $10,000. But, you know, as important that is understanding the context of the breach and as part of your process, trying to put steps in place that first of all will contain it, better mitigating it, put good controls in place to, you know, for example, if, if you were to lose a laptop, um, if that laptop had good security controls, all the data was encrypted, you know, you had two-factor authentication on it, the likelihood of being able to cause a serious harm is far less. So as long as you do, you know, as long as you're following good practice um, for the protection of the information, then, you know, don't get fixated of, oh, I'm going I'm to get fined all the time. That's not what it, it's there to, to actually look to, uh, you know, build good discipline in with, with organisations. It does actually make you think about what third parties you're now dealing with. And I think if you look at both the new overseas disclosures, disclosures in general, um, the use of things like identifiers and also the breach, and, and also things like privacy app requests, it's what it's saying is, well, who's got your information and how do, I, how do we know it's being protected? So if you've got a whole supply chain, you sort of got to start looking at that supply chain to make sure that um, each part of it is is actually, you know, treating your information in the way that you're actually having to, you know, treat it under the Privacy Act. So I think the third party piece and the use it, looking at your information is the is the key aspect at the end of the day. Cool. So for cool. so for broader consumers, uh, more generally, the, these changes to the Privacy Act offer more protection for them. Mm -hmm. um, what, what's, what, do, you, do you think it's far enough? Um, the, you know, some people say no. <laughs> um, there were a number of um, parts that didn't make it into the Act that were sort of to make it closer to things like the EU GDPR um, legislation that came in a couple of years ago. Things like right to be forgotten, which is basically the right to deletion. You know, you still have the right to access, you still have the right to, to correction. You can still gain access to your information to make sure that you are, you know, that, that what people are holding on you. Um, things like data portability, i.e. being able to take your information from one, one provider and take it to another, those sort of things. But in the main, it's got a lot of the provisions. So our sort of our adequacy against the EU provisions is currently being reviewed at the moment. So I suppose we'll wait and see if there are any sort of issues or feedback that comes back from that. But under the new act, we're, we're a lot closer to that. And it's been updated to meet the sort of the digital world in a lot of ways. You know, the, the act was around since 1993. So the current sort of trends around use of AI, machine learning, facial recognition, and all sort of things are better catered for under the new sort of act in a lot of ways and, and the disciplines that you've got to put in place and the sort of the way that you've got to build this, this sort of the, the privacy aspects into into your, your products and solutions when you're doing it. So, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff from the 1993, you know, well, it's not all the stuff still remains. Um, there's very little that's been removed, so it's been added to in a, in a lot of cases from that point of view.
it's an interesting point, right? As as the use of technology and uh, expands and different types of information are, are collected, we mm -hmm. also increase our, our provision to protect consumers. Um, so heading heading into December, is any parting advice you'd you'd give to companies um, leading up to this repair themselves? Um, so, so you know, re reviewing your current privacy practices, what policies and processes you've got in place. You know, key ones are make sure you do have a privacy breach um, plan and process in place that takes into account the fact that you've got to now notify the commissioner. There's a lot of information on the commissioner's site on how you go about doing that. Uh, and also they've created a, a portal called Notify Us, uh, and that tool helps and asks you questions as you go. So it will help you understand whether or not um, the commissioner believes it's a, you've, you've had serious harm and therefore it's notifiable. So they're not trying to just drop you in it and go, well, you know, notify lots and lots to us. Um, look at process and procedures and then put a program we work in, in place. You know, if you've got any questions, you know, come to the likes of us, look at the Provision Commissioner site. We've got a very simple um, readiness checker that you can request and, and it'll actually help you understand where your gaps might be, you know, those sort of things. Um, but just literally, you know, make sure you start looking at your third parties as well. They're quite key in, in, the, in the equation and what information you are actually, you know, um, passing on and transferring to those, especially if it's overseas. Um, but it, it's really it's just re review what you've got and then look to update it. Um, and key ones, get your, your privacy app request, make sure you've got one of those because individuals, you know, can come and ask for that information, the breach process, and then put a program of work in behind that to, to look at some of the other sort of, you know, lesser areas of the act that, that you, you, you would need to make requirements. The other thing is make sure you've got privacy officer. You know, a lot of organizations uh, don't, unfortunately. It has been a requirement since 1993. Uh, and also make sure that they understand their obligations as well because they do have a role and set of responsibilities. Cool, awesome. Thank you very much for that, Mark. It's um, an interesting perspective from both uh, businesses who, you know, the risks of privacy breaches over the last couple of years, people have become much more hyper aware of it. And for consumers, with more and more data being collected, um, it's a real big issue. So, um, hey, thanks for joining us on Top Shelf Tech, uh, Mark. And um, we'll catch you next time.